Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Shavuot um, For some reason, there's an echo. I'm going to change rooms. Hopefully, the echo will go away. Um, okay, so in today's year, we're going to be discussing the preparation before tefillah, um, what does that mean? Our cleanliness, our bodily cleanliness, our, uh, how we need to be, what mode <coughs> uh, of thought we need to be on a spiritual level, emotional level, um, what clothes we should be wearing. And then we'll get into some practicalities of what one does uh, tr when traveling, um, how one prays when traveling. Okay, so let's begin. The uh, Gemara <coughs> tells us in Masechet Brachot Chafgimo, Tana Rabbanan, we've learned in a Braita, Hanitzrach Lenakabab, the person needs to go to the bathroom, Al Yitpalel, he should not daven, Vim Hitpalel, Tfilatotoeva, and if he does so, his Tfila is actually an abomination. Then Amar of Zvid, Vitamar of Yudah, of Yudah says, that's only if he's not able to restrain himself. However, if he can <coughs> restrain himself, then his tefillah is accepted. What does it mean? How much time is there? Enough time to walk a parasa. Parasa is four mil. Four mil is approximately four kilometers which we'll say arguably is 72 minutes. So Amar of Shmuel Bar Nachmani, Amar of Yonatan, Hanitzrach Lenekavav, Harezel Oyitpalel. Person who needs to go to the bathroom shall not daven. Mishum Shenemar, because of the verse in Amos, Hikon Likrat Elokecha Yisrael. Prepare yourself uh, before greeting your God, O Israel. Okay. Now, what is the nature of the last line of the opinion of Rav Nachmeni bar Rav Yonatan? Meaning, <clears throat> there's a brighter that tells me that if I can't restrain myself, um, then my tefillah is an abomination. And if not, it's not. What does that mean? And if I can restrain myself, what does that mean? That it's mutter lechatfila for me to daven, or it's just not an abomination? Um, and how does that relate to the next part of the Mishnah, or of the Gemara that we quoted? And as we'll see, this is actually a machloket rishonim, how to understand this Gemara. The opinion of Rashi is quite clear. <clears throat> explains Rashi, meaning, according to Rashi, the way Rashi is reading the Gemara, when the Gemara says, <coughs> don't daven because it's an abomination, but if you can restrain yourself, Rashi understands, then as long as one can restrain oneself and doesn't need to go to the bathroom for the next 72 minutes, it is permitted to daven, even though one needs to go to the bathroom. However, look at the Rosh. <coughs> the Rosh says, even though a person can restrain himself, in the end of the day, since he does need to go to the bathroom, it is not permitted to daven, even if one can restrain oneself. <clears throat> because look at the bright that is brought later on, juxtaposed there. And it quotes a pasuk of... <coughs> Uh, but if he could restrain himself, his tefillah is acceptable. That sounds like the evid. And therefore, says the Rosh, we have to break it down into three categories. If one needs to go to the bathroom, one should not daven ever. That's the cloud of the Rosh. Even if one can restrain oneself for 72 minutes, one never should daven if one needs to go to the bathroom. 
However, if one did daven in any event, <clears throat> now says the Rosh, it depends. If one was not able to restrain oneself for 72 minutes, then that tefillah is an abomination. One actually has to repeat the tefillah. However, if one is able to restrain oneself, so then we say, but he added, you don't repeat the tefillah and your tefillah is accepted and it's not an abomination. But according to the Rosh, as opposed to Rashi, Vadai, <clears throat> one is not permitted lechatchila to, to daven in such a state. How does the Shulchan Aruch Let's see the Shulchan Aruch in Arachayim, Sadik Bet. Hayat tzarich kebab. Person needs to go to the bathroom. Al yitpalel, he should not pray. Vimitpalel, tfilatoteva. And if he does so, it's an abomination. Vitzarich lachazor ul yitpalel. He needs to go back and recite the tfilah again. However, <clears throat> then says the Shulchan Aruch, Vahani mili sheinoyachola modatz moshi urhiluch parsa. This is all assuming that he cannot restrain himself for 72 minutes walking a parsa. He fulfills his obligation post facto. <clears throat> Clearly, the Shulchan Aruch is ruling like the Rosh that one never should daven if one needs the bathroom. Even if one can hold it in for uh, a long time, one should never daven. The Ramah adds, and anyone who needs the bathroom, Asur Torah, is prohibited even to learn Torah, as long as his needs, he needs to, <coughs> to relieve himself. We'll see later on that the Ramah specifically is talking about a person who can't even restrain himself for 72 minutes. Okay, so we have to, according to the Shulchan Aruch, a person who needs to go to the bathroom, even if one can restrain oneself for 72 minutes, should not daven lechatchila. Um, <coughs> but yeah, but that's something else. If one could restrain oneself, that's okay. Comes along the Ramah and says that also one shouldn't learn Torah. The, the, the Mepharshim explained, the Ramah is talking about Dafka specifically about a person who couldn't um, restrain himself for, 20, for 72 minutes. Now, the Mishnah Brura, <coughs> brings now throws in another um condition or another halachic shikul and that is you're going to miss the minion a person <clears throat> has to decide should he go to the bathroom or should he join the tefillah says the mishnah <coughs> even if a person checks goes to the bathroom, he will not be able to daven with the minion. It is preferable to daven in private, with a clean body, meaning one doesn't need to go to the bathroom. Omnam, now says the Mishnah Barah, let's take another halachic shikul, and what is that? You're going to miss Zman Tvila. What do you do in such a case? <clears throat> he will miss the time to daven. The Magen Avram, the other Achronim, meaning, as long as one can restrain oneself, not need to, one does not have to relieve oneself for the next hour and uh, uh, 12 minutes or, or, or something like that, right? Uh, what's a fifth of 60 minutes? Whatever that is, 72 minutes, right? <clears throat> as long as one can restrain oneself and does not want to need to relieve oneself for that amount of time, if you need to go to the bathroom and because of going to the bathroom, you're going to miss Zman Tfila, rather Daven, and that is the Psak of the Magen Avram in the Mission Bureau. So we see that davening bizman um, trumps davening b'tzibur, meaning you're going to miss davening b'tzibur, nishka felach, daven by yourself. Rather, we prefer a person to not have, to have a clean body and not need to go to the bathroom. But when it comes to 
missing the zman of tefillah, then as long as one can abstain for the next 72 minutes, that would be preferable. And that's pretty much what the Isha Yisrael brings down. Again, <clears throat> we've quoted this book a number of times. It's a very important compendium on Hilchot Tefillah. Uh, it's a modern day book. I'm just going to add one thing um, that is not mentioned in the Shulchan, uh, that we've seen in the previous sources, and that is the last paragraph. <clears throat> what about it? <coughs> Excuse me. If before he started the tefillah, he didn't feel a need to go to the bathroom. And now during his he feels an urge. Says the Israel, even if now a person could not wait an hour and 12 minutes. In this case, you don't stop. Right? One first <coughs> needs to complete the and then one relieves oneself. Um, obviously, this is assuming that one still has a certain amount of uh, ability to stay focused. If a, <coughs> if a person feels that all of a sudden he's got a stomach bug and he absolutely needs to go. He's not able to concentrate. So there's no point in him trying to finish the Amida. In such a case, he should stay uh, three steps back, should go to the bathroom, should come back, finish his Amida, and after that, say, Asher Yatsa. But we're not talking about that acute uh, uh, problem. We're talking about a person who, during his Shmonaitra, realizes that now he does have an urge. In such a case, one would complete the Shmonaitra. Okay, so <clears throat> that topic, we've basically seen that we, we uh, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins like the Rosh and not like Rashi, that Lechatchila, one should never uh, daven if one needs the bathroom. We saw that uh, regarding uh, a minion, rather miss the minion and daven with a guf naki, but when it comes to Zman Tvila, according to Magen Avram, which is brought down by the Mishnah Brura, as long as one can wait an hour and 12 minutes, one should daven and not miss Zman Tefillah uh, Bizmana. Something else that <coughs> is another necessity, and this is what about washing hands? Here says the Gemara. Amar le Ravina le Rava. Chazi mar haitzubimirabone. So we saw this young Talmud Chochem who came from Eretz Yisrael. Person <coughs> doesn't have water to, to uh, wash his hands. <coughs> he can wipe his hands with dirt, with earth, uh, or with a, uh, a, some type of um, stone, a rock, or sliver of wood, and and uh, Rabbi said he's correct. Mikativ erchatz b'mayim. Pasuk doesn't say you need to wash with water. Benikayon kativ. It says one has to come clean to to the tefila. Call me the manke. Anything that cleans. And Rav Chizda actually shouted at someone. Who would run off the water when the tzibur <coughs> was uh, davening? On says the Gemara, This is true regarding kriyatshma avale tefila mahade, but for tefila you do need to find go after uh, water. Vadkama, how much do you have to? Uh, how far do you have to travel? Ad parsa. Says the Gemara, That's if you're traveling, you have to carry on walking to find. Uh, water another four kilometers. But if it means you have to go back on where you've already traveled, even one kilometer you don't need to go back. That less than one kilometer one would need to return and look for water. <coughs> so it seems that there is an obligation to wash one's hands before davening the Shmona Yisrael. How does the Shulchan Aruch rule? 
Rachatz yadav shacharit. Person did netilat yadaim in the morning. Vehisiach daato. And then he removed, he became distracted. He removed his mind from that he's got clean hands. In such a case, one would need to uh, wash one's hands again before davening. Right? If he's got water. Right? Even though he doesn't know of any dirt. But one does make a brocha. But if he's already washed his hands, and now the question is, does he just, you know, there was a hesach adat, and now the question is whether he has to return. If you don't have water, don't worry about it. Says Ramah, <coughs> This washing before tefillah, one doesn't make a brocha on it. Furthermore, says the Shulchan person is davening, and he realized that he uh, uh, touched a certain dirty part of one's body. Generally, when we describe a dirty part of one's body, uh, we're referring to places that are usually covered by clothes. He just needs to wash, rub his hands on the stender in front of him or something like that, and that would be enough. So, bottom line, let's just summarize what we've seen over here. In general, one does need to <clears throat> wash one's hands. However, one doesn't need to, A, make a brocha on that washing, and two, it doesn't need to be exactly before the tefillah. As long as there is no hesechadat, that would be okay. Many times, uh, let's say a person gets up in the morning, he does natilat yadayim, then he goes to, a, I give a daf yomi shir in the morning, right? Uh, after shul, and then and, and then we it. So, lichora, one's got half an hour, forty minutes before one one starts davening. However, generally that's no hesachadat, meaning you, you you're focused on you know what you're doing. You're going from home, you're doing the tilat yadaim, etc., etc., and then you're going to shul. You being part of a shir, and then you're davening. So in that case. I don't believe that that's considered hesachadat, and one wouldn't need to do netilat yadayim again. Um, but if enachinami, a person gets involved with work, etc., and starts doing things like that, then one should do netilat yadayim again. However, one does not ever make a bracha on such a washing. What about our emotional, spiritual preparation for tefillah? Says the Gemara in Brachot Daf Lamed, "Einom dim palel elamitoch kaved rosh." One should not daven, uh, one has to daven from a certain <coughs> seriousness. Uh, a COVID rosh, over here is translated as gravity and submission. And chassidim arishonim ayushoyin sha'achatmi umitpalim. The original chassidim would tarry for a sha'achat. Now, generally sha'achat in modern Hebrew is translated as one hour. We'll see if that is the correct terminology. In order that they are able to focus and concentrate their, their, their hearts to Avinu Shabbat <coughs> The Gemara says, From where do we know such a Interesting. The Pasuk, not uh, uh, one should serve Akash Baruchu through fear and then Gilu Birada, right? And then have rejoice uh, with, with trembling. Now, there is such a Pasuk of Ivdu et Hashem Besimcha, as we're going to see later on, but the Gemara first uh, quotes the Pasuk of the way you daven is Ivdu et Hashem Begira. So let, let's see how we put this together. We're going to see Rabbeinu Yonah, who's going to focus on this, because the Gemara says as follows. Another type of Gemara, if up until now we've seen a person has to have a certain submission, covered Rosh, um, here the Gemara says, person shouldn't daven through sadness, and a person shouldn't daven in a lazy manner, and all not in a, 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 a very 
When it comes to human beings, fear, yira, and joy or happiness are contradictory. You can't feel joy and, and, and fear together in one, in one shot. If a person is standing fearful in front of someone, he's worried, etc. Okay. But when one stands in front of Hashem, it's different. The opposite is true. One second. A person contemplates the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and through that his fear of him, that will cause a certain level of joy. Because this fear causes a person a certain amount of reverence that will that will it will encourage a person to fulfill the mitzvot. And not only will it encourage a person to fulfill the mitzvot, the person is going to rejoice in fulfilling the mitzvot. When you understand the greatness of Baruch Hu, you also understand that what you are doing, you're going to get great reward for it. How is it possible? Serve Hashem with fear, serve Hashem in, with simcha, with <coughs> gladness, happiness. Ratzonon Lomar says Rabbi Yona, a very important cloud. If through fearing Akash Baruchu, if one has the correct reverence for Akash Baruchu, that reverence will turn a person into have a certain amount of joy. Now that, uh, without, uh, without getting into a machshava here, it just leads us to think if, we, if the, the word yira is the, the, we should translate it as fear or something else. Because I think what Rabbi Rab Yon is really pointing to is that it's not really fear, it's reverence. Meaning reverence is a certain amount of wow. There's, there's an awesomeness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that a person that realizes. And through that awesomeness, now obviously that awesomeness also takes into account, there is a certain level of fear, but it's, 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 it's greater than just fearing someone. And that will cause a certain level of simcha. Anyway, Bezrat Hashem, we should all be zoche to have yira chamaim and simcha of the of the mitzvot. Okay, how does the Shulchan Aruch put all this together? <coughs> Explains the Shulchan Aruch in Orachayim Tzadikim. A person should tarry for again shachat uh, before he davens. Let's at, at this stage let's just translate it as one hour. In order that he is able to focus his, his heart to Shamayim. And another hour after Tfilah. So that it shouldn't look like a burden. Let's that a person is running away from it. Uh, and then he says, Person should stand with a fear, reverence, and, and, and humility. And this also, right? So basically, he's accepting everything that we said, but now that we have the explanation of Rabbi Yonah, it's not necessarily a stira. Now, the Magana Ram, just to clarify, what does this mean that a person has to? So that means that, that if the minion is at seven o'clock in the morning, 
I have to get to shul by six o'clock in the morning, right? <clears throat> and wait there for an hour. And, uh, and after davening, I have to wait there for another hour. That's, uh, that's, what, that's what we're talking about. Explains the Magen Abraham. And by the way, this, this is an important cloud for many things. For example, uh, just, just to bring one example, um, Erev Tishabab, before the nine days. So Ashkenazim, we paskin that you can't wear a new laundered clothing. So one of, the, one of the ways to get around that problem is to prepare a few shirts, right? So you, you, you wear a few shirts before the nine days. And by wearing a few shirts before shirts, pants, etc., before uh, there, you've kind of got a certain amount of clothes to get you through the nine days. The question is, uh, what's considered wearing? So the poskim talk about wearing a chahat, one hour. Does that mean you actually have to wear a shirt for an hour or less? So let's look at the Smagin Abraham. Talmidei Rabbeinu Yona, Ochiach Mia Gemara. The Talmidim of the <coughs> Rabbi Yonah proved the Afal Gav the Bechoma comes the Kamrinan Shah. Every time the Talmud uses the phrase a Shah, Perush Shah Mu'etet, it means a few minutes. It doesn't mean literally an hour. Hacha Perusho Shahat. But Dafka in this case, it does actually mean one hour. One twelfth of a day, meaning properly one one hour. But then says again Abraham, Chasidim. <coughs> but that was for the Chasidim. <coughs> <coughs> However, Nishar Am, for the rest of us, here we can rely not on the um case of one hour that Rabbeinu Yona actually thinks is the correct translation in our specific case, but we're going to go with the general definition of Shachat regarding all of Shas, and that means a few minutes. Now, if that's a few minutes, remember in the times when, when the Gemara talks about Tefillah, generally we're talking about the Shmon Aisra. Generally we're talking about Shmon Aisra. So, <clears throat> if I get to Shul, and I put on my Tefillah, and then I start davening, and I do psuket de zimra, and then birkot kriyat kriyat shema, etc. I'm I'm uh, depending on what minion. It's either I've been there for 15 minutes, 25 minutes, or 35 minutes, depending on which uh, which gear so you're going with. So says the prima gadim, miu, anu mit paralin v'korin psuket de zimra mikot. We who daven psuket de zimra beforehand. And we know that Shir Psuke de Zimra is Chatsi Sha'a. I don't know where the Prima Gadim, the Prima Gadim obviously davened in the Sfari minion, um, where Psuke de Zimra took half an hour. I don't know many Ashkenazi communities where Psuke de Zimra takes uh, half an hour, but okay, very good. Vachakach, Brachot, Vekriatma, Veshohe Ma'at, Kodim Shia Pil Psuke de Zimra. And if a person just before starting Psuke de Zimra waits a few seconds, so says the prima garden, you can count basically your tefillah, and that's good enough because, you know, by the time you get to the Shemona Yisrael, you're close to an hour. But what's interesting is that the Sha'amu Etet, according to the prima garden, Vada includes also the, um, also the, the tefillah itself, meaning the Psuket de Zimra and everything that we do before it. The Aruch HaShulchan uh, argues, Aruch HaShulchan says, Mikomako Mudgash, the Sifra Yiro Musa, <clears throat> that a person should actually, before even starting Psuke de Zimra, should just contemplate the concept of that I'm standing in front of a Kosh Baruch and I'm going to to The greatness of the Creator and the lowliness of oneself. When a person gets to Shul, he should actually sit down a minute or two and contemplate what he's doing. He's, you know, contemplate the greatness of a Baruch Hu, contemplate the lowliness of, of human beings, and then he can get up, put on his twilin and start Psukhe uh, Zimra. I'm certain, even though I've never really practiced the, uh, the, this uh, approach of the Aruch HaShulchan, I'm... Uh, um, uh, definitely 
would say that those who do, and I do see some people do it, I imagine that their tefillah uh, is a lot more meaningful uh, because uh, when a person you know, focuses, because today, even though that is the purpose of Pesukah de Zimra, the purpose of Pesukah de Zimra is to get us preparing for our tefillah, but unfortunately, Pesukah de Zimra has also become rote. Right? And so if a person were to take a minute or two just to think about that, although, as we saw, according to the Prima Gaudi Mishra Brewer, it's not necessarily an obligation, it definitely is something worthwhile that one should do. Okay. Now, and one of the other <clears throat> topics is that the Gemara mentioned that a person shouldn't come into davening uh, from an intense uh, learning. Rather, he should be halakha psuka. If a person is, is, is learning halakha psuka, you know, basically in, in, in no machloket, no nothing. So what do we do over here? And this is a, especially challenging for bachurei yeshiva, uh, people in kolel. You go from a, a super argument into tefillah. Says the Mishnah What does it mean that a person should <coughs> come from halakha psuka? In order that a person doesn't, you know, start, you know, in the middle of his, um, his tefillah, he starts thinking, oh, I've just got thought. Now I understand the Rashba, what he was saying, or I've got a proof against the Rambam, etc. No. But if a person's in the middle of a, 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 a pilful, and then the, the chazan starts ashray, and now it's mincha, so daven with him. And this, is, I think, is an important line of the Mishnah Berurah. He says, Today, who actually really is able to concentrate properly? So all of these uh, things that, you know, you should only daven through halachat sukkah is assuming that regularly you daven with the right kavona. But we don't today even to regularly daven with the right kavona. And therefore, it is only lechatchila but not, uh, not Lee uh, Kuba. Uh, okay. Uh, the the Yalkut Yosef pretty much says the same thing. So let's, let's continue to another topic, and that is giving uh, tzedakah. The Gemara Masech above Batra, Daf Yud, tells us that Rabbi Lozar, he would first give <coughs> a puta, a coin, to a poor person, and after that, he would damn it. And Amar Dichtev, while in the basis, Ani Batzedek Echaze Panecha, the Pasuk in Dilim, I will with Batzedek, over here we, we, we're translating Batzedek as, as, as tzedakah and as giving charity, Echaze Panecha, I will approach and uh, behold your, uh, your face. And this is what the Shulchan, based on this, Shulchan Aruch says, Tov Liten Staka Kodem Tvila. That a person it's beneficial, uh, good to give tzedakah before before tefillah. Says the Mishnah Based on this, they became a minak. Oh, people that uh, were collecting know about this halacha in the Shulchan Aruch. So they come to the shuls and uh, they start collecting while while people are davening. Says the Mishnah this is inappropriate at the time of Kriyat Torah. People can't hear the Kriyat Torah, they can't answer Baruch it's not appropriate. Okay, so Vadai, one, if possible, it's a good thing to give tzedakah, it gets a person in the right uh, mind frame. So we've seen three things that a person should do. Number one, how one's body needs to be uh one does one shouldn't need the bathroom or one should go to the bathroom before going to uh daven one should wash one's hands and one should be emotionally in the right frame of mind uh, contemplating what one is about to do and not just by rote coming in and stepping into shul we saw that there's a machloket between the prima gadim and the arucha shulchan whether you actually have to sit uh and think about it, or can the Zimra be part of that thought process? I just say from my, myself, not paskening, but definitely um, there is a, a, a tendency that even the um, even the the, the Zimra has become rote. 
So because it's because it's become rote, so perhaps one should try and adopt uh, the opinion of the Aruch Hashulchan and take a moment or two to contemplate what, what one is going to do even before Pesukah Dezimah. Okay, we're now going to talk about another very interesting topic, uh, which is how one should dress when <coughs> going uh, standing in Shmonaisha. And here we have a Gemara in Masechet Shabbos Daf Yud. The Gemara says as follows: Rava bara buna rami puzmekei umetzale. That Rava would put on socks in order to daven. Meaning, Rava felt that he wanted to uh, show a bit of kavod to Kodesh Baruch Hu, and by doing that, he would he would put on socks. And Amar he Israel. He quotes the pasuk that a person has to. Uh, uh, um, uh, prepare himself and greet Akash Baruch in, with the right honor. However, Rava would do the opposite. Rava would take off his fancy coat and Davin, and why, why, did he, why did he take off his fancy coat? I'm, I, 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 when I stand in front of Akash Baruch, I want to stand like a servant in front of the master. When you, you, you come, you don't get all dressed up. You come as a servant who's a, a, a lowly servant. I'm a Ravashi. And Ravashi says, I saw Rav Kahana. That he adopted both Minagim. Uh, uh, um, what did he do? When uh, there was strife in the world, he would take off his fancy coat, he would put his hands together and daven in that way. Like a servant in front of his master. But when there's peace in the world, everything's going well, there's no corona, call fantastic. Lavish Then you'd get all dressed up fancy and daven. Amar Israel, and he would adopt it. Now, um, <coughs> which one should we do? Should we get all dressed up fancy, or should we dafka not get dressed up and act in a very lowly? Submissive way. The uh, Tosva points out, uh, just almost as an aside, that the fact that he would put on his socks tells us as follows that it is not correct to daven with, uh, without uh, barefoot. Unless it's Tishabav and Yom Kippur. But otherwise, one should not go barefoot when davening. Now, okay, so we, we, we're starting to get a picture of what one should wear, what, what one shouldn't wear. Okay, so no barefoot according to Tosfot. But what does it mean? You know, so you put on something, you rather will put on socks because that was considered, um, you know, showing, getting all dressed up. Says the Shulchan uh, Aruch. And here in Tzadik Aleph, he says, person should not stand with one's uh, wallet. They used to have like a, 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 almost a bag, a money bag. Um, <coughs> neither should he stand without <coughs> a head covering. <coughs> Uncovered legs. And now says the Shulchan Aruch a very important sentence. If the way of standing in front of important people over there is to stand with one's legs covered. So the klal is that we have to stand. The Shulchan Aruch is adopting the following. He's adopting the opinion of uh, of uh, I can't remember who it was, that Amora, they're dressed up in a more fancy way, right? But he says, what does that mean? It means that you can't have your head uncovered. It means that you can't um, <coughs> have bare feet and bare legs. <coughs> the uh, Mishnah Brura picks up on this. And now he says like this, in Sifkatan Yudbet, Obizmaneinu, in our times, in the times of uh, whenever, the early 1900s. One has to wear a 
path. Because that is the way a person walks during in the street with the hat on. And not just with a kippah, small, small hat, he's referring to a kippah. This is not the way people stand in front of important uh, people. And definitely, apparently, they had like a, a sleeping hat. Which was called the Shlafmit. And only shall One shouldn't wear just uh, uh, socks made out of flax. The since this is not the appropriate way in which one stands in front of important people, sandal How much more so when one wears sandals and <coughs> one's calves are revealed. Um, Top. And th then he adds, one shouldn't wear, uh, one shouldn't wear gloves uh, that, you know, yeah, I, I don't think we're talking about people that are standing outside in the freezing cold, but, they, 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 you know, there were decorative gloves that, you know, sometimes you have ladies still wearing. It says that is gaivadik. You know, you should take off your, your gloves because that's considered gaivadik. So on the one hand, you have to be wear important clothes, but not to be gaivadik. Now, the Piskei <coughs> Chubot <coughs> says like this. As we saw, the Shulchan Aruch gave us a very important cloud. The important cloud is, do, how does a person stand in front of important people in his town? The way a person walks in the street, and the way a person stands in front of important people, it's all dependent <coughs> on the place. Um, places where from, from the youth, they don't walk around with a jacket, neither with a hat, which today in the rest of the world, no one walks around with hats. The president of the United States doesn't walk around with a hat as opposed to a hundred years ago. Everyone walked around with hats. It was the sign of, of being khashu. Today, no one wears that. Ah, mate. I'm done. Excuse me. Lipnei anashim khashuvim ain makbidim bekach People, even today, in front of important people, do not um, wear a jacket. So the language of the Piskei Tshuva is, we, 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 we cannot shout at these people. Right? We cannot <clears throat> uh, um, uh, tell them off for not wearing a jacket and not wearing a hat. Right? And then he says, uh, at the end, this is all true unless you're the chazan. If you're the chazan, then you should, right? And then he adds off, Ulam. Anyone who has a scent of Torah should refrain from playing in this manner. Now, it's not so clear to me what he is referring to, um, because at the end of this paragraph, he talks about uh, in, in theory, if it's minagamakom is even to stand in shorts in front of important people, then that would also be okay. So when he says at the end, is that referring to don't have it in shorts, or even if that's a minagamakom, or that one has to wear a hat? It's not so clear. Uh, I think he's referring to the shorts, meaning even according to the Piskei Tshuva, it's not an obligation that he thinks that a person actually has to wear a uh, jacket, but I'm not so clear because in the next line he says, uh, the way of the sages and their students, they have to be covered. So it could be that he thinks that and everyone else, who's, anyone who's got Torah does have to wear a hat and a jacket. However, the Pinei Alecha argues. The Pinei Alecha says, uh, let's just, uh, um, <clears throat> he makes a very interesting chiluk. Let's, uh, oy, we, we're running out of time. So um, 
Okay, so let, let, let's see. He says, uh, let's read this Pnei uh, Lachach, because I think it's very, uh, very insightful. He says like this, person should wear mechumadikah clothes. Not less than kvod basar badam. Like the way a person dresses before he um, uh, uh, meets people, important people. The same thing, minimally, should be for Tvila. However, he says like this. A person goes once in his lifetime to meet the king. Obviously, for that encounter, he's going to put on his best suit and his most expensive uh, tuxedo, right? But what about the person who meets the king every day, three times a day? He works in the palace. But he doesn't wear his best tuxedo. Even the people in the palace they wear, they wear smart clothes, but they don't wear, uh, you know, the clothes of their fanciest ball, right? The kach anovet and therefore the same thing applies to us. We come in front of the king three times a day, and therefore we need to wear our smart clothes, right? But not our best clothes. Our best clothes we keep for Shabbos and Yontif. And then he says further. So I think that's an important here of the Pnine uh, And then he says, I call the Minagamakom Everything goes according to the Minagamakom. There's certain communities that wherever they go, they're wearing hats and jackets. According to them, they should also, when they come to Twila, they should wear a hat and they should wear a jacket. And in a place where it's not acceptable to come to an, stand in front of an important person in, in, in sandals without socks, then also in Tvila you have to come with socks. However, in places where it is acceptable, and it's normal not to go with a jacket and a hat. This is how people uh, uh, act in front of important people. There's no problem davening like that as well. And therefore, that is generally the most uh, accepted way for the uh, religious Zionist communities and modern Orthodox communities that Minagamakum has changed. That perhaps 100 years ago, everyone used to be wearing hats. Um, I'm talking about Goyim. Everyone used to be wearing hats. Today, it's no longer the case. Um, and therefore, therefore, there's no need to wear a hat and not, no need to wear a jacket. Obviously, one wants to, one can say that, but <coughs> no, no need. Um, okay. We will end off with um, the last issue of the prayer, and that is, what about the garter? Where does this come from? So the Gemara Masechah Brachot Chavdalet tells us, Tan Rabbonu, Aya Yashen Betalito, Veno Yachol Laotzi Et Rosho Mitnei Atzina. Person who is uh, sleeping and uh, comes along the Zman to, to say Kriyat Shema, but it's so cold, he can't put his head out the uh, blanket. I remember people in the times of the Chazal were generally sleeping naked. So what do you do? Chotzetz Betalit Al Tzavarova Kriyat Kriyachma. So he puts the, uh, the uh, blanket by his neck, he pushes it to his neck and he can say Kriyashma. Some say that he has to separate his, his heart, should not <coughs> see his erba. Um, how does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin? Shulchan Aruch Paskin, Sarich le Ezor, Ezor Bishat Tfila, Afilo Yeshlo Avnet. Person has to cover one's heart, right? Um, when, wear some type of belt in the time of Tfila, even though he's got a belt, only borrow a. Um, <coughs> that he doesn't, so his heart doesn't see an erva. Um, now the Mishnah Bura points out that he says, look at the word avnet. Rotzel Omar, avnet means avnet shal mikhnasayim, hamafsik ben libo erva. 
the the uh, the the this refers to the pants basically um the our pants basically are tight around our hips and that serves as a as a separation one might think that one needs a belt explains the biscuit shuvot no you don't need a physical belt. Our, our uh, pants today basically are very tight around the hips. And that in and of itself is good enough. Even if there's no belt at all. As uh, regarding how do you know a person who girds himself with a belt when you say that prophet? And therefore he says that when we're referring to the word avnet, which in the Torah was actually some type of sash, yeah, it's referring to pants. So therefore, a person who's wearing pants does not, that's good enough. That separates me from the um, from from the uh, from the heart, and that's good enough. But I will also wear underwear, which is also elasticized, and and and, and there's no problem. Um, excuse me. But I one doesn't need to wear a kartel. Um, however, that is the minag of the Hasidim, um, and that uh, obviously. So if you're Hasid, this is uh, a very important. But it's a minag. It's not me'ikar hadin. Okay, we'll end with that for today. Yashakach to everybody. Um, and uh, next week, please God, we'll start with volume 11. If you don't have it by, uh, by next week, uh, well, actually, there's no chance you'll have it by next week, unfortunately, because um, we're just going to print now. So uh, I will, I'll put it up on the, uh, I'll put it up <coughs> to, <coughs> to share my screen. Okay. Tov, yashakach to everybody. Kol Tov. Kol Tov, wish you well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shkach.